Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, a Model S owning hacker has seemingly outed the next battery upgrade. More Model 3 reveal info trickles out and more. Hey now. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. It's episode number 31 for March 6th, 2016. TikTok running out of time till that big Model 3 reveal event. It is coming up. Uh, I know, I I think about it every day at this point. I'm just like, what's it going to be? What's it going to look like? How's it going to work? I mean, it does uh, does sort of beg the question of how things are going to go. We're going to talk a little more about that coming up in the news I uh, wanted to start with, add, you know, I'm at like day, I don't know, 100 something probably at this point. I still have yet to see a Model X on the road, which is shocking to me just given, again, where I live and work. I am, I am right here in, in Tesla home turf uh, in the Bay Area, living, working San Francisco. I'm a little surprised I haven't seen one on the road yet other than my, my Founder Series Encounter but that was in someone's driveway. Just uh, a little surprised because I feel like back with the S, when the signatures were rolling out, I would I would see them and it would be like, oh, cool. There's one of the, there's the signature. There's one of the new ones. It's got to be a SIG. And uh, in fact, you could actually tell the Tesla Model S's that were signatures because the California ones were all issued the same license plate series, unless you got a custom plate. They were all uh, six USX, and then something, something, something. Uh, and they, in fact, they started from 001. It's like Tesla got a block of them because I remember watching on the that review, the Model S launch event back in June of 2012, and they the the cars they actually had plates on the cars there that were USX 001, you know, and on up. So I still I still see those USX something 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 cars, and I'll know like oh that's I'll bet that's a signature, and usually it is. But yeah, still haven't seen an X out and about, which is kind of surprising. That's why uh, I like to I like to drive by the the uh, Burlingame Service Center when I because I'm up and down the 101 a lot here on the peninsula here in the San Francisco area, and usually there's one there's at least one back in the sort of service center parking lot, which technically you're not supposed to go into, and so I don't. But I just can kind of see it from afar and be like, oh, there's an X. It's just good to see them. Um, it, I really hope that the ramp stuff gets settled soon because I know a lot of people out there have been waiting so long for their cars and it'll just be great to start seeing them on the road and start seeing, uh, I guess we should start seeing coverage. Elon had mentioned, I believe it might have been on, tw- no, I think it was the earnings call, the last earnings call uh, last month where he had said the major automotive media outlets would would start posting their coverage this month sometime. So hopefully... That'll be interesting to read to see what the the big the big editorial outlets have to say. Uh, I want to remind you before we move on with the show, Peter Kersgaard from Denmark has offered to make my Tesla dream come true if he were to happen to win the the Model X raffle, which he'll be entered in if uh, who, if anybody uses his referral code. Of course, the referral program going on now. So I'll just tell you uh, if you plan on buying a Tesla, please go ahead and use. Peter's code. It works anywhere in the world, and it is good for $1,200 uh, 
of credit towards your home charging installation. So the URL there is ts.la slash peter6387. That's the short link. So would love it if you would give me, give me a chance to win thanks to Peter's generosity and get yourself a charging credit uh, as, you, as you welcome a new Tesla into your family. So I want to start the show with a couple of phone calls, then do the news, then do a couple more phone calls. Let's kick it off with a frequent caller. Good old Connor from New York has a, uh, something of a conspiracy theory about GM and the Bolt. Connor, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is Connor from New York. After listening to your last podcast where you're talking about the whole GM sort of creating this legislature to get rid of Tesla, Tesla, that's sort of a synopsis of it, I guess you could say. But I was wondering if you think that um, GM will purposely make the Bolt bad so that when people buy it or read the reviews about it, they say, oh, even GM, one of the biggest car companies in the world, could have made an electric car as good. So why should I even bother like looking out for the Tesla or something along that line where they uh, make ICE cars um, more like wantable or valued, uh, showing that they purposely take a hit by making their electric vehicle not that great. So people see, well, electric vehicles suck, so I guess I'm going to buy a uh, gas- gasoline guzzling uh, like Hummer or something. Well, anyway, thank you. Love the show. Uh, keep up the great work. Thank you for the call, Connor. Now, you might think that Connor is nuts for floating this conspiracy theory, but he is, in fact, not. He has, he has grounds for this. Remember, this is the same company in General Motors that built the EV1 and then rounded them up and crushed them, almost literally prying the keys from loving owners' hands. If you haven't seen Who Killed the Electric Car, it is a brilliant film, highly recommend it. Uh, The sequel is also very good. And I feel like there needs to be a third movie made, maybe like after Model 3 comes out. I've actually thought about this. And it it should be called triumph of the there's there's who killed the electric car revenge of the electric car and i think triumph of the electric car should be the name of the third film in the trilogy to round it out and finish the story of the electric car it could cover model s and all of its triumphs and model three coming to market and even you know hopefully the bolt is going to be good and come in there but that to that point connor is wondering Will GM purposely tank the Bolt? Uh, Despite what happened with the EV1, no. I I genuinely don't think that General Motors will tank the Bolt on purpose. I mean, they see Tesla coming at them in the rearview mirror. And you can't... We've learned by now, you can't stop Tesla by making a crappy electric car on purpose. Everyone else has already been doing that, minus the on-purpose part, hopefully. And yet Tesla keeps gaining and gaining. Uh, sales-wise, of course, they've, they've obviously already passed everyone else in the category of making the best car in the world. Now, I really do think the GM is serious about the Bolt, uh, but they know that the Bolt's sales potential will be significantly affected by Model 3 
if Tesla is able to make the Model 3 as good relative to its competition as the S and X are to their competition. GM, of course, they've made no bones. They are in it to win it. They are not looking to uh, just spread the EV love. They want to win, and that's okay. That's business. That's that's part of what business is. Uh, GM is not particularly interested, the thing with them, they're not interested in a fair fight. That's where GM, that's what differentiates GM. They're effectively trying to, they have... They've, they've gotten into a little tipsy, they're a little tipsy, they got into the argument with Tesla at the bar, like, dude, I think you're dumb and your cars are stupid, I can beat you, I can, I can totally beat you up, and then, you know, Tesla's like, sure, you, let's, that's fine, let's go out back, let's just get this over with, I am like a kung fu master, black belt, whole thing, this could hurt you. The GM's like, whatever, we're going outside to finish this. And then on the way out back, that's where GM, with like this Indiana thing that we talked about last week, GM is reaching into the pocket, slipping on the brass knuckles right before they take the first punch. That's, <laughs> that's GM. They're the, they're the drunk guy in the bar fight trying to cheat by slipping on the brass knuckles. So uh, nevertheless, great call from Connor. Good discussion point there. Let's move on to Alonzo from Washington, D.C., who's curious about roadsters. Alonzo, go ahead. How's it going, Ryan? This is Alonzo Coleman from D.C., man. Um, love the show. Love IGN show, too. Got a quick question. So the Model 3 is coming out. Do you think Tesla is going to do a Miata-style roadster on the Model 3 body that will be maybe not the fastest, but actually fun and cheap? Um, just, yeah, just curious about what you think. Thanks again, man. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for the call, Alonzo. Now, we know the new Roadster is coming, the next generation Roadster that will purportedly include a maximum plaid mode, continuing the Spaceballs terminology from Ludacris. Uh, but we have no idea, of course, if the new Roadster will be based on the Model 3 platform. You could kind of make the case either way. You might think, it wouldn't be that Tesla would purpose build it as a world-class supercar for probably $200,000. Uh, but then again, you know, you know, cause the, if they try to make say a 2.2 second to 60 miles an hour roadster supercar, which I suspect is exactly what maximum plat is going to be. Uh, you would think they'd want to have that be a bespoke skateboard, chassis, the whole thing, optimized for weight. They could use the lightest, strongest, most space-age components that wouldn't necessarily be economical on a more mass-produced car. So there's that argument, but Tesla is a company that still at this point runs lean. So you could see them, I mean, they could save a lot of money by using the Model 3 skateboard. Uh, Now, Elon has hinted at the year 2020 or so for the next-gen Roadster. But I honestly think that might be a little optimistic, considering that Model 3 probably won't begin shipping in any sort of volume until 2018, and maybe not in real volume until 2019, just depending on how things go. And on top of that, Model Y, the effectively the mini Model X, the crossover with Falcon Wing Doors, 
Model Y is presumably the next car after three. So three Y and then R. So we get eventually we'll get to sexier as as the Tesla lineup. But uh, yeah, I, I we know the Roadster's coming, but I got to figure it's a little further out. But man, imagine I can't even fathom what that car is going to be considering how far Tesla has come in just just even the last, again, I've talked about this, I think even back on episode one, how fast Tesla has moved in in just like two years, going from the original P85 when the car launched as a 4.2 second to 60, you know, roller coaster of a car, rear wheel drive, up to, you know, just a couple years later, really two years later, effectively, a 2.8 second all-wheel drive just monster. So uh, we'll see about the Roadster. I wouldn't expect to hear anything about it for a while, but nevertheless, it'll be fun. It'll be that'll be a fun car to cover. That's going to be one only the uh, the wealthier of us are going to get their hands on that car. But boy, for those fortunate enough to get their hands on it, that should be a treat. All right, going to come right back here. Got a few good news stories for the week. We'll go over those. And then take another short break and do a couple of more phone calls. I thought it would be best to break them up since, I mean, fortunately, thank you, everybody. I was kind enough to get a lot of great calls this week. But I figured rather than doing them all in one huge block, some of you may be just more interested in getting to the news more quickly. So let's do that right after this. Let's talk Tesla news, and as the title of this week's show suggests, a P100D appears to be on the horizon. Now, this has been something of a strange story. Evidence of a 100 kilowatt hour battery pack has been discovered by a hacker. He calls himself a tinkerer or a white hat hacker, meaning good guy hacker, named Jason Hughes, who is a frequent poster on the Tesla Motors Club forums as well, and really a just a, a very enthusiastic Tesla owner and community member. So Jason likes to tinker with salvaged Model S parts to see what he can learn. He has a, he has a bench and he'll, he'll just have a, a, uh, a dashboard hooked up there, a touch screen, and he'll just, he likes to play with stuff, which is cool. He's, he hacks. He has fun. So digging around, learning, he discovered a, co- a code reference deep buried in the code to a P100D, which obviously, that's not a coincidence, that can only mean one thing. Uh, he even found, as if, if, in case you don't believe this on its face, he even found the badge graphic, which of course would be in there because that would show up on the instrument cluster display and or the, the center touchscreen. So first of all, bravo Jason, this is awesome. Here's where it gets a little odd. Unfortunately, it seems that Tesla may not have liked Jason's veiled leak. He, uh, he actually didn't leak it directly. He put up a, uh, I'm not a programmer, but I, I, if I remember correctly from reading it, he put up a sort of hash code that was then decrypted by intrepid uh, Tesla Motors Club members, and that decoded it to P100D. And it seems like... We don't have Tesla's side of the story here, but it seems like Tesla might not have been a fan of that because 
Jason claims that Tesla has tried to roll back his car's firmware. We don't, again, we don't know if that's if this is why that's happening or if there's something else going on, but that would seem like an odd reaction instead of simply reaching out to Jason directly. But Jason did tweet this when he found it. He tweeted it in Elon's direction. And Jason did, in fact, get Elon's attention on the matter. Elon tweeted back at him saying, quote, uh, in response to Jason's curiosity, I won't call it an accusation, but a curiosity of, why was my car's firmware rolled back? Elon tweeted, quote, wasn't done at my request. Good hacking is a gift, end quote. So if Jason and Tesla can move past this, I wonder, I'm being serious here. I wonder if Jason may have himself a job offer from Tesla at some point soon, because we've, it's, companies have done this. They do it all the time where people that are good at getting into their stuff. They figure, well, we could really use these people on our team. So we'll see about that. Now back to the P100D news itself. This is inevitable, of course. We've seen the cars go from, uh, first the 85 kilowatt hour battery pack as the, the top end battery at launch to the 90. Uh, and we've seen the 60 give way to the 70. But Jason's find seemingly confirms not only the pack size of 100 kilowatt hours versus maybe a 105 or a 110 or even a 95. I can't imagine they would only do 95, but you get the point. Uh, it also gives us a good idea of range. I mean, if you just go by percentages, a 100 kilowatt hour pack uh, in a D variant, a dual motor variant, which is all Tesla is offering now at that, at that end of the spectrum, that would look to get probably over 310 miles of EPA rated range, which of course would be not, I mean, remember when Tesla, when the Model S was first rolling out, first rolling out, they had said 300 mile range for the car, for the original 85 kilowatt. But that was based on the two cycle EPA test, not the more current, of course, before the car even came out, it was revised to the five-cycle test, which uh, ended up being, I believe, it was 265 miles for the original 85-kilowatt-hour battery. So uh, a 300, an, an over 300-mile range car, that's, that's big, man. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big hurdle to get over, over 300 miles of range. Now, uh, that could be even more valuable to the Model X, by the way given the X's larger size and weight. But I want to talk for a minute about what this could mean for the Model 3. We all know that the base Model 3 should get around 220 EPA rated uh, range based on repeated Elon Musk comments that target a, quote, real world 200 mile range for the car. Thus, I'm hoping, it is my hope here in 2016, that if we indeed see this 100 kilowatt hour pack in 2016 at some point this year. I'm hoping that a 100 kilowatt hour pack this year could even mean a 110 pack by the time Model 3 releases. And I'm talking about in the S, not in the 3. So again, if you're wondering, what does this have to do with the 3? I suspect that the Model S will continue to be the longest range car that Tesla makes for the foreseeable future. It makes sense not only on a sort of political level, in, in so far as keeping the S as the upscale flagship car, 
but from a pure physics standpoint, it makes sense too, as the S can physically hold more cells since it's a larger skateboard. Though yes, I know the S is heavier and will likely have a higher drag coefficient than the three, because we've heard rumors that the Model 3 could be as low as a 0.2 drag coefficient. Anyway, what I'm hoping the 100D means is that as Tesla continues to push pack size and cell chemistry, pardon me, that Model 3 will have a 300 mile pack as an option right out of the gate. Say 220 EPA for the base pack, 300 EPA for the upgrade. Now obviously the performance model will probably, almost certainly, incur a range penalty, but the non-performance, uh, just dual motor edition of three on the upgrade could be 300. And I think, here's the thing, I think 300 is what they'll go for. I think that's a, a reasonable goal as Maggie the Boxer drinks up behind me. Uh, because here's the thing, Model 3 is literally what the, the entire company has existed to do for the last 13 years and counting. And that 300 number versus 290 or even 295, that's a psychological barrier for a lot of people. You get that three out in front of the car's range and it could really help a lot of fence sitters get tipped over into trying an EV. So I think 300 will be the goal. I think this one, this P100D is an indication that Tesla continues in that direction. Obviously the Gigafactory is a huge part of the strategy from both a cost and a chemistry perspective. So uh, it's gonna be very, very interesting to see. Now, would a P100D be, be even quicker to 60 miles an hour than the 2.8 second ludicrous car now? I don't know. I'm not quite smart enough to, re to know that. I mean, I've, I have read enough and learned enough about how the Model S and how, how the Tesla drivetrain works to know that, you know, the, the reason the ludicrous upgrade increases the amount of uh, current that can, that can be pulled from the battery at a given time, uh, effectively making, being able to pull more power out of the car uh, in, in an instant than the insane mode car can. So uh, there may be, you know, it, it's not just pack size that affects the quickness of the car to 60 miles an hour. I would suspect the 100D car, P100D, won't be any quicker to 60, but you never quite know. And we, and we know for sure, history has told us the Tesla will never stop pushing. So it is entirely possible that maybe they will shave another tenth or two off of that, off of that zero to 60 time with, this, with the P100D. But nevertheless, very cool. Uh, Jason Hughes, you're a rock star, and I hope that you and Elon and Tesla are able to squash any little beef that, that uh, may be going on here. Next up. Invites for the Model 3 reveal event have been sent out to those of you who won tickets as part of the Model S referral program late last year. As I expected, it will be held in Southern California per the email that was sent out. Now, they don't specifically say the Hawthorne Design Studio, but I presume that's what it means. It, they could be indicating a larger venue to make it a bigger event, maybe a, like a, who knows, a Staples Center, but I, I really doubt it. I don't think they'll quite do, I don't think they'll do that. If they wanted a huge space, they could use Fremont, where they have virtually unlimited space. Because really, if you think about it, it would be kind of cool if they held the event in Fremont in the currently empty part of the NUMI facility, the Tesla factory, 
because Elon could come on stage and say, where you're currently sitting will soon be the exact spot where the not-so-secret master plan finally comes to fruition. But I'm very, very certain, as certain as I can be without working at Tesla, that it's going to be at Hawthorne for security reasons. And what I mean by that is I don't think they're going to risk transporting the prototype off-site where it could potentially get photographed and leaked before the event, leaked before the event starts. I just don't see them taking that risk. Now, the bottom of the email also mentions that, quote, further scheduling details will follow in the coming weeks. And something I'm curious of, somewhat related to that, is uh, how are the reservations going to be ordered? We know that Elon has said the higher option cars will go first. But that doesn't settle the question of which reservations will go into the system first. You know, we're, we know we're looking at a sort of three-tier queue, effectively. There'll be the performance models first, then the bigger battery cars second, presumably with the, the dual motors being even at the top of that subgroup. But yeah, you've got group one performance models, group two bigger battery, group three base model. So... But the question is, uh, how are the reservations even going to go into the system? Will the reservations from the Hawthorne reveal event be given the first reservation numbers? Like, are the people there, is somebody there going to get reservation number 00000001? That's what I want to know. And then how will the the in-store reservations be prioritized? Because those are, of course, happening on March 31st, the day before the online reservations start. I mean, would they go so far as to have a have the uh, in have an in store queue, and then a and and all of those people will sort of be given the top of the list for whatever group they end up committing themselves to once it's time to order the car, or will it all just be into one queue? Um, you would think the store, but even within that though, where how are the stores going to be prioritized? Uh, does California get priority? Does East Coast get priority? You know, if you base it, is it going to be based on time somehow? I'm very curious as to how this is going to work. And it it could make a huge difference. I mean, if you end up, uh, say, you uh, you put your reservation down in uh, Boston versus, you know, California... Could you end up higher up in the line, further back? And and as we've seen, if Model X is any indication, yes, the three is going to be produced at higher volume, but your reservation number could, potentially, it could also not matter, but it could even mean the difference between getting your car uh, weeks earlier or later. So uh, I really hope Elon and Tesla address that, address this topic before... Before the event, because a, a lot of us uh, very interested future reservation holders want to know. Now, I'm going to do my best to get invited to this in order to get on-the-scene coverage for both IGN and, of course, this podcast. Tesla was kind enough to invite me to the Model X launch back in September, so I've got my fingers crossed. But if anyone out there did get an invite uh, if from your from your from the referral program and you'd like to invite me as your plus one, I would be mighty grateful. And then should I get an invite from Tesla directly, I'm happy to relinquish that plus one for another person. So 
please drop me a line, teslapodcast at gmail.com, if you do have a plus one available. Finally this week, via fortune.com, bit of trouble at the Gigafactory site this week as over 300 workers walked off the job in protest of Brian, pardon me, Brycon Corporation, a third-party contractor hired by Tesla. Now, the Fortune article did a really good job of breaking this down. The issue for the workers, apparently, is that Brycon is based out of New Mexico, and Tesla's Gigafactory agreement with Nevada stipulates that half of the 3,000 construction workers on the project and half of the 6,500 people who will, event, who will eventually work at the finished factory be Nevada residents. You know, it was a big, the reason Tesla, uh, pardon me, Nevada was, as a condition of giving Tesla all the tax breaks, they wanted to make sure that Nevada jobs were created, which of course is a very, very reasonable ask. ask. Now, Tesla issued a statement after this walkout They said, quote, today's, not today anymore, obviously, but today's activity stems from the local carpenters union protesting against one of the third-party construction contractors that Tesla is using at the Gigafactory. Their issue is not with how Tesla treats its workers. Their issue is that many, uh, that of the many third-party contractors that are involved in the construction of the Gigafactory, many are union, but the one at issue is not. The union is also claiming that this contractor is somehow favoring out-of-state workers. In reality, more than 50% of the workers used by this contractor and more than 75% of the entire Gigafactory workforce are Nevada residents, demonstrating the project's strong commitment to Nevada, end quote. Now, uh, as Fortune notes, Tesla appears to be holding up their end of the bargain and then some. They were committed to half, they're doing three-quarters. Unfortunately, the union seems unhappy with that response, so this may continue. Hopefully not. I mean, I genuinely, I genuinely don't know if this union has a legitimate beef, but if you take Tesla at their word, there seems to be no problem. And here's the thing. Tesla has always done business on the up and up with larger scale projects like this. So hopefully there's not actually a problem here, and this is going to resolve itself soon. But if it turns out there is truly a problem... Hopefully, Tesla will work with the union to rectify it soon. All right. That's it for the big news this week. I'm going to come right back, do a couple of more phone calls before I get out of here. Be right back after this. All right. Time for a couple of more calls. I'll remind you that if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, Please call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline anytime. It's a toll-free call or Skype. The number is 1-888-989-8752. I've been getting, uh, the volume of calls has been going way up over the last few weeks. I love it. I love that more and more of you are are feeling comfortable to reach out, be part of the show. I love it. I love, I mean, I, I want this to be for everyone. I want everybody to participate and have it be, have it be a fun community thing. So, first up is Jason from Ontario. If you remember last week, I had to admit, I had to put my hand up and say, I'm dumb. I actually don't know at all what the EV, the federal incentive thing is, situation is in Canada. So, here's Jason to clarify that, and he's got a Model Y question as well. Jason, go ahead. 
Hey Ryan, this is Jason from Ontario, Canada. Uh, just finished listening to your last podcast. Thought I'd give you some info you were curious about. Uh, in Canada, we do have the uh, rebate, the federal rebate for buying EVs. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be in Ontario where we get $14,000 back. They just changed it, which makes my uh, dream of a uh, Model 3 that much closer. Uh, what I was really curious about was uh, the possibility of that Model Y. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for Falcon Wing doors on something. So I was wondering if you heard anything along that line, like how many years down the road is that beyond the three or anything about it? Good night. Bye. Thank you, Jason. I learned something new today. So, uh, wow, $14,000 is an awesome rebate. Though I know that with the dollar where it is, I know that Canadian Tesla customers are actually getting penalized pretty badly uh, right now. So I guess maybe that goes to make up for it a little bit. But uh, as for Model Y, Elon said in a talk a few months ago that it would have Falcon Wing doors. He actually tweeted that, later deleted the tweet, not because he was wrong or lying or anything else, but he had said he just doesn't, he just likes to like aesthetically clean up his feed sometimes. But he did then, he also mentioned it specifically in a talk. I think it was the Vanity Fair thing in New York, if memory serves me correctly. Now, no one knows when it's coming out, but as I mentioned uh, after the last call, it's almost certainly Tesla's next car after the three. And of course, if Tesla starts pumping Model 3 out in volume in 2018, and that's a bit of an if, could be 2019 for volume, I suspect that Model Y is probably going to release one to two years after Model 3 hits volume production. Now, Elon said long ago that he hopes for Tesla to one day be introducing a new model every year. They're not ready for that quite yet, obviously, but they're getting there. They are on their way. They're, they're, that day will come. I mean, I'll bet in 10 years from now, they'll have a new model every year. I mean, there's so much left, left for them to do whether it's a, you know, a two-door coupe built off of the three platform, a pickup truck, a, uh, you know, a convertible of some kind that's maybe different even than the road, like a convertible three or a convertible coupe. You know, there, there's, there's plenty of stuff left for Tesla to do, so we shall see how things go. Next is Christopher, who comments on my... I was, I was glad to get a little feedback on this. Remember last week's show, I had the idea for a Model 3 owner's wave, where it would be the OK sign. You know, you put your, make a circle with your pinky and, uh, pardon me, your, your pointer finger, your index finger and your thumb, and you've got your other three fingers up, and you can, you can just like, you know, nod and hold that up to another, another Model 3 driver on the road. And uh, so Christopher has a comment on that, as well as a key bit of of context for me. So Christopher, the floor is yours. Hey Ryan, uh, my name is Christopher. I'm actually the guy designing the SE trophy for you for, uh, for Podcast Unlocked. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. It is almost done and I'm getting excited. Um, I listen to all your stuff. I really love the, uh, the Tesla Motors Unofficial Podcast. I just, I, I listened to your uh, awesome wave idea, I guess, with the OK symbol and the three fingers sticking up. Only caveat that I do have is that 
Well, in Japan, I don't know how many Tesla owners there are in Japan. I'm sure I'm not the only one leaving this comment, but it means, um, well, it means, it means asshole. Um, so I don't know if that'll be universally acceptable or, or what's going on, but, uh, just probably let you know. Um, hopefully, uh, everything else is going well and we will, uh, I really enjoyed listening to the podcast. So we'll chat soon. Thanks. So it turns out that, uh, by the way, thank you, Christopher, for the call. It turns out that it's not Japan, but the OK sign does actually carry a negative connotation in parts of Middle and Southern Europe, according to Wikipedia. And in fact, I have to, I have to let Christopher have his, have his props. He did actually call in again right, <laughs> right after to correct himself. Now, regardless, the lack of, of uh, universality here on this, on this potential symbol, this, uh, this Model 3 wave I'm proposing, it's unfortunate, but we could still use it as the official Model 3 wave here in North America, which, which is probably most of us listening to the podcast, right? So it's still mostly applicable for, for most of the, for a, a huge chunk of the Model 3 customer base. So I'm still, I'm still holding strong to this. I think it's, I, for the reasons I stated last week when I proposed it, I think it's perfect. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to do it to people and hopefully they won't look at me weird. So um, if you see me in, you know, two years from now, whatever it's going to be when I can get my car, whenever Tesla can get it to me, if you see me, uh, give me the okay sign and I'm going to, because I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> uh, that's it for the hotline this week. And again, dial me up anytime. You just leave a message whenever it's convenient, middle of the night, first thing in the morning, middle of the afternoon. It doesn't matter. It all just goes to the hotline voicemail box, uh, which is uh, the toll-free number, which you can call or Skype, 1-888-989-8752. And I remind you from my friends at lifeonrecord.com, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family, telling them why they are special. The, the recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Be right back to wrap things up for you just after this. I remind you that you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And if it won't fit into 140 characters, you can always email me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're a video game player, check me out at my day job at IGN.com, where I've, uh, I'm have i up to all sorts of things over there. Uh, this past week, in fact, you know, this one would probably appeal to a lot of you. If you're, maybe if some of you are casual video game fans... But you're, you're clearly tech people because you like Tesla, you may own Tesla, you listen to this podcast. There is a video game coming out on June 21st that I got to go to L.A. to play and then write about this week. It's a video game called No Man's Sky. It is designed by a, a gentleman who I truly believe is a genius. His name is Sean Murray. He's out of London. And his team at Hello Games are making this game, No Man's Sky, which is a literal entire universe that is that has been built based on algorithms so it's all math running under the hood that has been used to create this universe with over a quintillion 
planets in it. It is one, it is literally a universe in video game form. You explore, you create, you, uh, your ultimate goal is to get to the center of the galaxy and like the, the flora, the fauna, everything will get more exotic and weirder as you get there. And theoretically there's some sort of answer or message or end goal that lies there. And this game has absolutely captured the imaginations of, of us in the gaming community. And I could see for, for the Tesla crowd, the tech enthusiast crowd, this could be a game that, that you might like as well. It's a, it's a first person game. You're in, you know, you're, you're in your own sort of body and you can be in a ship, you can go to space, you can be on planets, you can go underwater. I mean, you can, you can almost do anything. I mean, we've only gotten to see it in small doses, but I got to play it this week. I wrote a big, long feature story about it that uh, I'm super stoked about. So if you just Google IGN No Man's Sky, it should come up for you. It's a, the game's coming out for PlayStation 4, but also the PC as well. So if you maybe you don't have a PS4, but you've got a, a half-decent PC, you might want to look this game up. Uh, so I wrote a big thing about that after a trip to LA this week that uh, I thought turned out pretty well. I'd love it if you'd give it a look. As well, I would love it if you would give my t-shirt website a look. It's nerdstyles.com. Got about 10 different t-shirt designs there that are all video game or geek culture inspired. There's also a coffee mug as well, which a few of you have ordered. I remind you to please subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter. It's a very easy website, teslaweekly.com. It's a free subscription there. Dave will keep you up to date quickly each and every Friday with uh, the top Tesla stories, which then, of course, uh, I will dive much deeper into here on the podcast. And the podcast is now on Stitcher. If you like to listen to your podcasts on Stitcher, look for this show in the Games and Hobbies section and then the subsection Car Enthusiast. The show is in there. And if there's another popular podcast service you'd like to see this show show up on, please just let me know. Drop me an email and I'm happy to look into it. Speaking of which, you can listen to the show in the car, in your Tesla. Uh, Still waiting for a response from Tesla. I need to follow up with them again this week. But uh, if you go to the TuneIn website and search for Ride the Lightning or Tesla Podcast, you'll find it and then you just follow the show and then it'll be in your favorites when you get in your Tesla. So an excellent way to... I know my friend Jeff, uh, say hi to Jeff. He listens to the show in his car, in his Model S. He has one of the very early build cars. He was on the list for a very long time before the Model S came out. So uh, much, much, uh, much love to Jeff. I just got to see him recently. Glad he's doing well. And finally this week, and every week, I'd like to thank the wonderful folks, the owners and enthusiasts at teslarati.com, a fantastic Tesla fan site that's, uh, well, I don't, fan site's maybe not the right word. They, they keep track of te- all Tesla-related news. Great resource, great site run by very kind, very enthusiastic, very thorough people. I really appreciate their work. They have now listed this podcast on their site, so I uh, greatly appreciate Gene and the team there of, uh, for helping, helping me get the word out about this podcast to the Tesla community. So that wraps it up for episode 31. We have got one, two, three more shows until the Model 3 event happens. So uh, three more weeks of speculate. This is, it's going to be fun over the next... It's going to be a little uh, 
stressful. Just, it's gonna be like, oh, I just wanna know, I wanna see it, I wanna know, I wanna get my reservation. But this, I can tell you from, I mean, this is what I do for a living. I, I cover product launches at IGN in video game form and, and video game console form. And, you know, the anticipation, the, the lead-up is always fun. It's, always, it's great when you get it, but the lead-up is always great, too. It's, it's, you know, you get that sort of communal sense of excitement and anticipation. So we're going to have fun for the next three shows. And then I'll tell you what, the show after that, the April 3rd show, which I guess will be, what are we, 31, 32, 33, episode 35, kind of fitting because the Model 3's target price is $35,000, Episode 35, that's going to be, hopefully I'm going to be at the event, so I'll be able to have actual on-site coverage for you. But one way or the other, that's going to be a big show. A lot of fun coming up. Thanks for sticking with me. This is Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla Motors podcast, coming to you each and every week on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next week.